Well, it was April 28, uh, 2002, and an F4 uh, category tornado swept through La Planta, Maryland. 350 houses were totally devastated by uh, the tornado. A few days later, a group, a team of people, went out to survey the damage, and they went out and they were looking at the various houses. Some of those houses um, were... Uh, well, they had to be rebuilt from the ground up. They were just completely toppled, while other houses, you know, were missing a roof or the windows were bashed in or, or maybe a tree had fallen in the front yard. But, but the crazy thing about it is that it would be like one house next to another and one house was completely gone and the other house was standing. And, and these, these, this group of people who went out surveying, they were particularly interested in which houses stood and which houses fell. And the reason they were is because it was a team of builders. And they wanted to make sure that they built houses in the future to withstand any kind of uh, calamity that could come. And, uh, and, and the crazy thing about it is one of the things that they noticed is that the, some of those houses that fell were not just the older ones. Because there was a period of time when they stopped actually building houses in a certain way. And, and it was like during the 50s and 60s. And so the houses from the 20s were standing and the houses from the 90s were standing, but the houses from like the 60s and 70s, 80s, they had like, were all gone. Well, you know, we come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus, I think, is asking us to, to do something that is a lot like that team of builders that day. He, he's asking us to survey some buildings, but not the houses that we see around us. He's asking to survey the buildings of our lives. In verses 24 through 27, he tells this very familiar story. It's about a wise man and a fool, and they build two houses. And we know the story, but I wonder if we've overlooked some of the details. Like, I wonder, have you ever noticed that there is no, according to Jesus' description, there is no visible difference between the houses, according to verses 24 and verse 26. I mean, Jesus doesn't say that one is shabby and one is grand. He doesn't say that, that, that one is huge and one is small. He doesn't say that one is old and one is new. These are track homes. And that's the point. The lives of both the people on the outside look the same. They both work hard. They both pray. They both serve. They both give money away. They're both debt-free and they're responsible in investing. The lives of both people look the same because the lives of the people he's been describing, remember, throughout the sermon, they look the same. He's not, he's not comparing good people and bad people. He's, he's comparing the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees and religious leaders from the righteousness of the kingdom. And here's the point. The point is that we can be fooled. We can be fooled because of appearances that, that a religious life is a righteous life or that a good life equals a godly life. And Jesus says, watch out. Don't be fooled. On the outside, both the houses look the same. They're similar in appearance, but what about in experience? Well, what happens to the fool? 
What happens in the south? Verse 27, it says that the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house. I mean, this fool is a foolish man and because he is a foolish man, he goes out into the world and his life is full of calamity. I mean, he, 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 gets, he gets in debt in careers. His family splits up. His kids get uh, rebel. Uh, he, he suffers sickness. I mean, they're just all kinds of things that, that, that happen to him. But what about the wise man? What about his house? Well, let's see what happens to his house in verse 25. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house. Did you notice the difference? Exactly. There is no difference. And that's the point. You see, following Jesus, listen to me, following Jesus does not make you exempt from the storms in this life. Following Jesus will not make you exempt from the, uh, or shelter you or shield you from the impact of COVID-19. Following Jesus will not shelter you or shield you from the impact of the Montecito mudslides. It, it, it does not give you a life that is cancer-free. It does not give you a life where you don't face infertility or singleness or failed careers or sick or wayward children or financial calamity. The storms of this life, they, they come on all of us. And the question is not, the question is not if, but when. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we realize that, the better, because, because the more we can realize that the storm comes on us all, those who follow Jesus and those who don't, the more those of us who follow Jesus won't be disillusioned when the storm actually hits. The storm fault comes on every life. And the question is not if, the question is when and what direction. I mean, right now, a lot of us are feeling the wind and the rain. We're feeling the wind and the rain and it's beating down. It's beating down on our physical health. And I was in the bed all week. It's beating down on our mental health. That's probably why I was in the bed all week. It's, it's beating down on our financial health, our relational health. And, and in this pandemic, it, it only exacerbates things. I haven't talked to one person who was suffering before this or struggling before this who then came into it and those struggles went away. If you were struggling at work, you're probably struggling more now. If you're struggling in your marriage, you're probably struggling more now. If you're feeling lonely, you're probably feeling lonelier now. It's just, it's ratcheted up all the storms that we were already feeling. Both houses look the same. Both houses face the storm. But one stands and one falls. Why? We don't have to wonder. Jesus tells us, verse 25, because it had been founded on the rock. See, the difference between these two houses is not what they were built out of. They were built out of the same stuff. Families, work, education, investments, relationships, service. 
Both houses, both lives were built out of the same stuff. That's not the difference. The difference is what they are built on. One man builds his house on the rock. One man builds his house on the sand. So we need to understand what it, it means to build our houses on these foundations. I mean, what does it mean to have your house built upon the rock? What is the rock? You know, throughout the Old Testament, God is called a rock. Psalm 18.2, the Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 61, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you, God, you have been my refuge. Or Psalm 62, my honor and my salvation come from God. He is my mighty rock and my protection. What does it mean to have God as your mighty rock? It means, did you catch that? My salvation and my honor come from him. So what it means to build your house upon the rock is, is to have God determine your identity. It's to have God determine your worth and your value. It's to have God and what he, who he is and what he has done for you. That, that's what determines your honor, and it's to look to him and him alone for your salvation. That's what it means to build your house on the rock. But what does it mean to build your house on the sand then? Well, a house built on the sand, it's its own foundation. It has no foundation. The sand just sinks. The only thing that's the foundation are the walls. It's actually built on the same stuff that it's built out of. To have your house built on the sand is to actually found your life on your career or your children, how many you have and how they do, or your health. It's to, it's to have your, your house built on, your, your life built on your foundation uh, and your finances, or the relationships that you've developed or what others think of you. That's what it means to build your house on the sand. So here's the question. Where have you built your house? Well, how, how would we know? How would we know? Because they look the same on the outside, so how would we know? The storm. That's what tells you. You know, I, um, one of the things that the Lord has, uh, I believe, worked in my life a lot and has had to work in my life a lot is, um, it is, is building my life on having a name, a reputation, uh, building my life on other people thinking well of me and honoring me. And, uh, and I thought that after 10 years of ministry in a relatively small town, at a relatively nationally speaking unsung church, and being pretty content with that and with that call, I thought that I was over that. And then the storm hit. COVID-19, I'm preaching into a camera. I have no idea what impact any of the ministry that I'm doing, all the ministry that I am doing, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is B-rate at best. 
I don't see people. I'm not hearing anything. And then the, the things that I do hear, uh, understandably, inevitably, is that, that people are disappointed, understandably, inevitably. But I'm just like crushed. And what do I realize? Maybe, maybe there are parts of my life that aren't built on the rock. Maybe they're still built on some other things that that I didn't know and I didn't realize until the storm hit. What about you? What about you? What has this storm revealed about you? And the foundation of your life? What has it revealed about, about where your bathroom is, or where your bedroom is, or where your kitchen is? Yeah, there can be some parts of our life and they're built on the rock, but other parts of our life, they're slipping. You know, like those, like those houses in La Haunted Maryland, I started to realize that, that maybe, maybe the foundation wasn't as secure as I thought. But you see, here's the problem. The problem is that when we build our lives on anything besides who God is and what he has done, it will leave us exhausted and crushed. The storm will wear you down and it will continue to wear you down. And the reality is, is that when it does, your career will not forgive you. And and your community will disappoint you. And you cannot control the choices of your adult children. And, and, and you can't redo, you can't redo your GPA from undergraduate or grad school. And, and you know what? Like, you can't undo your criminal record. But God can. And God does. And God will. Because the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is the God of grace. He's the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. He's the God who loves the unlovely and who strengthens the weak, who forgives iniquity and transgression and sin, who restores the years that the locusts have eaten, and who wipes every tear from our eyes and satisfies and satisfies the unquenchable desires of our souls. And when you build your life upon who God is in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you, then you become steady. It's not that you don't sway. and It's not that you don't shake, but you don't crumble. Have you ever been up in a really, really tall building? Like really tall. I'm talking about like Sears Tower in Chicago kind of tall. You know, those buildings at the top of them, they kind of freak out because they sway. Like they move. But part of it is, is that they, they move when the storm comes. They move when the wind hits, but the foundation is secure. Yes, absolutely. Does it bother a Christian when they come to a dead end in their career? When they have, uh, when they have unmet desires for family? When they're lonely? Absolutely. Does it, does it hurt a Christian? Does it bother them when... When, when their health fails. Yes, yes. But it doesn't devastate them. 
And that's the difference. See, so when, when, when our idols, when the things that we look to, to, to be the foundation of our life, when they, when they stop, when they can't hold up anymore in the storm, well, what ends up happening is that we stay up at night. We get wrapped around the axle. We think about it time and again. We, go, we, we, we work harder and harder and harder and harder until it crushes us. We give it more and more and more. And then we say, forget this. I'm done with it. Right? You just want to walk away. And when that happens, you can know you're being devastated. And that's the difference. But when your life is found and founded on Jesus Christ, then then you've found a friend who never fails, an acceptance that never wavers. You found a future that is secure. And you are not only loved, you are liked. And you are invested with a value beyond anything you could build for yourself. And it can neither be earned nor forfeited. It can only be received. And that's probably why this great sermon on doing Do you remember where it begins? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are weak. Blessed are those who are hungry. Blessed are they because they will receive. They will receive a righteousness that they could not earn. That they will receive, they will receive a food which they could never procure for themselves. They will, they will receive a power that cannot be contained in them. They will receive a life that is indomitable, the life of Jesus Christ. So is that you today? Poor and weak and weary and tired and hungry? Then blessed are you. Blessed are you. For you receive a kingdom that is unshakable, unfading, and can never be taken away. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.